0: I'm so excited to introduce none other than Candice Mento. She is a mother, a wife, a student, and she's recently an immigrant from Jamaica.
1: (laughs) Hey guys. Hey Kay, thank you for having me.
0: And let's not let's not forget you're also mental health advocate for mothers so you definitely dive in to issues pertaining to postpartum depression and to mothers who are dealing with you know anxiety and all of that and I'm just so excited to hear your perspective and your expertise on these issues surrounding black mental health. So woo I'm excited. Thank you for having me Kay
1: this pleasure is definitely mine mine. I am so excited to be here Camille so excited you know oh my goodness
0: So, if you guys don't know, because I don't think the listeners know our history, um, I knew, like, I first got a chance to know Candace through Count Your Blessings K. Um, a lot of people know that Count Your Blessings K, if you don't know, Count Your Blessings K was started as my YouTube vlog journey, um, me battling homelessness, domestic violence, and also I was dealing with a little bit of depression. Now that I look back on old videos, oh man, you guys are choking up. Oh, man. <laughs> Every time I think about it, I choke up. Um, when I look back at old videos because it it gives me a lot of courage to like think of wow, like I'm going through these pressures or whatnot. But when I look at old videos, I think, wow, like I made it that far, you know? And I see a lot in those videos back then that I didn't see while I was going through the situation, like I was going through a form of depression. I was going through a lot. And I met Candice because she reached out through Your Blessings K, and she gave me a lot of encouragement. She she definitely supported. And I'm going to tell you guys something. It's so beautiful how you can utilize social media as a means to build a community. And Absolutely. I consider Candice. Candice, you're like a sister. To you me, are my you know? sister, girl. Oh, <laughs> you are my sister, and and it means the world and and I definitely want to touch base on this subject because we see a lot of stuff going on in in the media with like Kanye West yep. and like his outfits yep. and then we see a lot of situations where we see a lot of women black women who are apparently quote unquote snap and like yep. they end up hurting their own children yep. and you know there's a lot of things going on and going wrong within our community and it feels like we just sweep it under the rug yep. and so today We are going to expose it, we're gonna analyze it, and we're definitely gonna break down what's going on and how we can do better and be better and be a lot healthier and and definitely consider mental health as priority in the Black community.
1: Okay, Skay. so let me tell you guys a little about myself. So I'm Candace, you know, from Florida, Sunshine State. I came here from Jamaica, (laughs) but um, I had my son, he's three years old. After I had my son, I suffered with severe postpartum depression and i just remember at that time Kay, I was just just overwhelmed and lonely and i felt hopeless you know but mm. by the grace of god i have recovered and you know on the flip side i have gained perspective you know i now know that mental illnesses is rough but mm. being a mother with mental illness is absolutely hard you know so that's my focus my focus is just to support other mothers from one mother who's been through it to other mothers just offering support encouragement and resources
0: exactly and let's not forget to mention not only do you have the you know the lived experience of battling ppd um but mainly like you also have like the health expertise you're you work in the health industry in the health field and you also were a part of this is my brave show where yes you that was discuss an, yep. these topics yep order. so so the this is
1: my yeah. brave show guys is a mental health show that travels around the country and it pretty much gives persons with lived experiences lived mental health experiences an opportunity to share what it's like living with a mental illness or having dealt with a mental illness so it ha- it right there it helps to break down the stigma you know so it's an awesome show you guys should check it out it travels to different states so yeah
0: nice and and you know what it, it just blows my mind the fact that you're so open about this because a lot of women who deal with a lot of mental, Ill, uh, you know, mental health issues, or even might even experience like a severe mental illness, you know, like bipolar or, or schizophrenia and not saying it's it, it's so bad and not trying to stigmatize anyone who does suffer from mental disabilities. And I wouldn't even say suffer, I would say this is something that is a lived you know experience for you it's something that is a part of you and it's your character and there are ways to still live you know productively and definitely definitely with 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 your you know with your mental you know diagnosis
1: or whatever the case is or if if it's not even a diagnosis because you know you don't have to have schizophrenia or bipolar or depression to have a mental health issue you know everybody has mental health issues from time to time you know So it's important for us to address it, especially in our black community. And that's exactly what we'll be doing today on this podcast, girl
0: exactly that's why the topic today give it to jesus the black mental health paradox of mental health and spiritual healing is very very real you guys and we're definitely going to look into topics from like looking at mental health from a historical perspective yes you guys you know me pre-colonialization y'all know me like she gonna be talking about pre-colonialization I surely will okay? <laughs> <laughs> and then we're gonna discuss post-colonialization we're gonna discuss some of the barriers that we're dealing with currently and then we're also gonna look at the future implications of possibly getting through it so I'm excited I can't wait for us to jump into this right Candace oh
1: yes definitely girl
0: Woo! <laughs> all right <laughs> let's get into it Hey, you guys, so I just wanted to let you guys know that I'm going to start something new. Um, it's been brought to my attention that, uh, and not only that, not only has it been brought to my attention, but I've also listened to the podcast, all the episodes, and I want to give you guys a little bit more organization and quality uh, with Anything that I record for you guys, um, to be honest, I never thought that Big Mouth Black Girl Podcast was going to reach almost nine thousand uh, listens. Uh, uh, I really didn't. <laughs> I didn't expect that at all. Congrats, um, girl! Thank you, thank you. It's it's all because of amazing guest hosts like yourself and amazing fans that really want to hear that raw. Yeah, you're amazing uh, too, girl. True. So. Oh, <laughs> <Aww. laughs> thank you. So I, I'm not going to lie, Candice, like I felt really pressured because I was just like, oh my gosh, like I got to do better and I've got to do this and that. And, you know, I kind of got lost in the sauce for a minute. Uh-huh. And I, I feel like I want to give you guys, everyone, quality. So I just, you know, I became my own worst enemy. And I just finally went back to the drawing board. I went back to where we came from which is, mm. like, me being transparent, and It's a
1: process, girl. It's a process. Yep. It is. It's a
0: process. Because I, Candace, I thought to myself, I was like, well, how much do I, like, tell the world, yep. you know? Yep. Like, it's really yep. scary. Like, I know what you mean, is? girl. <laughs> like, you want to be transparent, but then you're just like, do I tell everything? Well, you know what? Your story you know helps like, somebody do? else.
1: That's the thing, you know what I mean? And it's gradual, girl, it's gradual. It's whatever you're comfortable with at the moment, moving forward. You know what I mean? It's all a process, girl. You'll figure it out.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And so this segment on Big Mouth Black Girl podcast is called Counter Blessings K. Of course, you guys, if you're not uh, familiar, Counter Blessings K, K A Y, um, was started on YouTube. And it was my experiences battling homelessness while being pregnant and moving all the way from California to New York. And I did like video diaries of my entire experience. And like I did everything I had no makeup I broke down I'd given birth on camera like it was real yeah
1: you guys should check it out it's an amazing YouTube channel that she has she's so transparent like that's how we met by the way that's how we met you count your best as K and she just she, you were just real girl you were just real
0: thank you thank you and and it was so many amazing people like Candace that were like, of course, like I said, you know, earlier, she's like my sister. She is my sister. Um, she definitely gave me words of encouragement. She sent me, a, she asked me if I was okay. Like, she checked on me, sadly, more than, you know, a lot of my own family members. And I, I used to be, you know, sad about it. And I used to be like, man, like, my family doesn't really give me that much love as like, the people that have never seen me. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they're just looking through count- through looking at Counter Blessings K on YouTube but one thing that I'm so happy to know is the fact that God provides surrogates he definitely does and he he provides them in so many different ways and I think that the, the you know media social media can definitely if you use it in a positive way can bring people together
1: definitely so
0: I want to shout out to all the people, everybody, I'm talking about John. I'm talking about every person who has supported on Counter Blessings. K, I don't want to start. Yeah, right. The don't <laughs> ask what they are. They're gonna be like, oh, for real, for real. <laughs> so you guys all know who you are, and I just want to say thank you. So let's get into the segment of Counter Blessings. K on Big Mouth Black Girl Podcast. Um, let's discuss like our weekend and like let's let's do a mental health yep. check. Because I feel like we don't we don't do that in the black community. Like, how are you really doing? Well, girl, you know?
1: I'll start. This weekend for me was crazy. <laughs> I did three 12-hour shifts. I had exams. Woo! I had... Oh, my goodness. It was just crazy, girl. It was just crazy. And this weekend is coming from last weekend when my son was hospitalized for an asthma attack. So, oh, girl.
2: No.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So... This weekend has, I, I definitely felt drained, I felt anxious, you know, and mm-hmm. it was a horrible weekend to say the least. I, I'm just happy it's gone, you know, so my mental health check was, you know, I, I definitely suffered from what I like to call mommy anxiety, which is pretty much just, mm-hmm. you know, mothers mother is just being so anxious about the ins and outs of being a mom, you know, getting your kids to school and going to work and doing well in school and... You know, so for mm. me, girl, I had to pause and I had to deliberately slow down and take time for myself, you know, take time for myself throughout the day. Ten minutes here, five minutes there, you know, trying to meditate, trying to be more mindful overall, girl. So that's my weekend. How about yours, mm. girl?
0: Man, I feel like we've been through the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my god. Um last well the last few weeks have been like really crazy chaotic um it's been really rough the last two months uh just getting back on my feet with like being unemployed and then also I just moved into a place and so like the anxiety of like the pressures of having to be like oh my god like I can't lose this place I can't lose this roof over my head for me and my kids we can't go back to being homeless you know um it's really real and it's 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 it almost puts you in a state of like post, like post traumatic yeah. syndrome. In yeah, a sense.
1: yeah, yeah.
0: Um, where you're just like, you know, you're you're freaking out, and I and I caught myself one time like not sleeping, and it wasn't because I wasn't sleeping because you know um, I'm studying, which I usually do. You know, I study or I work on the podcast, but I wasn't studying. I wasn't sleeping because. I was just My, my thoughts were racing yeah. So
1: so it crazy. is with anxiety girl Like you, you just can't Your minds are constantly racing And you can't stay in the present You're 10 steps
0: ahead At yeah. all the time yeah and it's like that constant feeling of like oh my gosh like shit like you know what's the plan and I'm a I'm a very a plus b equals c C person and I always like to make different plans so whenever I do something I always map out okay this is plan a plan b plan c right and then I say okay a plan what is the best you know efficient plan to get this done like, right now, I know I need a car. I've been without a car for almost two months, and the shit sucks. Yeah. I've been taking, me and the girls, like, when you're, it's just you without a car, like, you can make do. But when you have little ones and you have car seats, like, I've had to literally put car seats in the back of
1: Uber. Oh, you're Lyft, back to Uber, girl. I remember mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. you used to do Uber. Uber and skay. oh, man. <laughs> I know, girl. When, before, just... before I learned to drive, I had to, I did classes four times a week, and my son was one. And every evening, I had to Uber him down to school to leave with my husband. It was crazy. So I know exactly what you're talking about. And, and then you have two daughters now? Like...
0: <laughs>
1: no, you're talking about, girl.
0: Yes. You know, and it, 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 I finally almost broke down when uh, Eva said one time, I was picking her up in my roommate's car because sometimes my roommate would let me use his car just to pick up the girls from uh-huh. school, which is, has been helpful. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, that's just really sweet of him. But I... I remember I picked up Eva and she said, "Mommy, I want us to get our own car, you Aww. know." And it just, it it really hit home. Yeah. And, I, and I, yeah, you know, I I, re- I remember telling her, I said, "Baby, mommy is trying, yeah. okay? Yeah. Like, don't give yeah. up on mommy. Mommy's trying. It's just mommy, but I'm gonna fight. You know, mommy's a fighter, right? You are, and, you girl." Know,
1: like, she's like, yes, "Tell you that you know. Sometimes when you feel down to yourself, girls, just remember you're doing a lot. You're doing a lot, Kay. If you don't even think about it, you're doing a lot. You're a mo- you're a single mom for one." you are going to school, you're doing a podcast, you're writing your book, which, congrats, by the way. You know what I mean? So <laughs> just, just, And that's the thing, too, with mental illnesses and anxiety as mothers overall, we definitely have to give ourselves some more grace, you know, because we don't, we don't, we, we're so busy thinking 10 steps ahead that we don't stop to think about what we have accomplished and what we are accomplishing. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I want you to give yourself a break, girl. You're doing amazing. You're doing amazing. Aww
0: thank you so much and you are doing amazing too it's it's strong women like you that I really look up to real talk like there are times where I was just like man I just don't know like I don't know if I can do this and then I think of women like you or I think of women like Tania and that's crazy girl because
1: like when it's funny because on my rough days I think about you sometimes I'm like how is Camille doing this all like how is she able to balance everything and you know that's why like Discussions like this like these are important because you know, we're gonna shed some light on the fact that We're all struggling sometimes and it's okay to talk about it. You know, what I mean It's okay to talk about it because we live in a culture where it's not okay to say that I'm not okay You know, what I mean, so we're definitely gonna address that girl
0: Exactly and so I just want to let everybody know that it these are the discussions that you need to have with your friends. It's not always, hey, how's everything going? Okay, or good. Like, we need to stop with the current answers of good or okay or cool. And, like, let's get down and be transparent so that way we uncover a lot of these things. Because just, like, I didn't know that Candace has ever been through the same Uber, Lyft, yep. Magic Carpet. Ride I have. History. Oh, I
2: have. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and... Her shedding that light on on that for me is like it means a lot because that means like wow she went through it She she did well. She pushed through it. I can do the same and it makes you feel not as isolated exactly. or alone And you exactly. definitely need to have that
1: so so how did you overcome this whole weekend girl the anxiety issue? What did you do
0: girl? I it got so bad with my anxiety and everything was happening so fast like I just started up another job so I just started up another job and it's not really paying that much, but it's it's making a dent in yeah. my bills, which yeah. is good than nothing. Yeah. And so I I started that. I've been so overwhelmingly busy with like the podcast. I had like two podcast recordings. One went over because of you know we couldn't f- figure out a time, and I really wanted this guy to be on there. Um, and then it just sounded so so bad because it sounded like I was just a mean person. Oh man. <laughs> It was episode nine. I had to take it down because I sounded like a, a straight-up bitch. Like, I really did sound like it. Oh, man. And I, that wasn't my intentions. I was sleep-deprived for, like, three yeah, days. Yeah, you were, oh, my
1: God. You are crabby was, from, from lack of sleep. Oh, girl. I've
0: yes. been there. I've been there. That. And then also I was trying to get this podcast episode nine, like, recorded. And we constantly had to, like, reschedule because my, my schedule wasn't working or his schedule wasn't working. And So I was just, like, high-key, like you know, I almost tapped out, like, but I I wanted to keep pushing, and so it just, I was just really not in a good mood, and then episode 10 was interesting, because I had, like, um, a comedian uh, by the name of Arthur Hamilton come on Big Mouth Black Girl podcast, and he came to my house, and I just had a whole bunch of of brand new equipment that came in, and my sound engineer, Mike, uh, Mike, he's so awesome, he lives down the street from me, he was just like, You know, I can't come because I have to go to vacation with my wife, and he usually helps me set up like serious equipment if need be. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, like when I had when I had um, Malik Rashad on the podcast, he helped with that. And so it's just frustrating when like I was trying to get everything and make everything perfect because this guy lives all the way in L.A. and drove all the way out to see me, and I'm not in any vicinity near him, and my shit is not together. It's looking hella like. Mm you know girl mother what mother
1: what does that sum it up shit
0: <laughs> right oh my goodness I, and on top of that when he finally gets there I'm just like yo I'm just sorry he's like trying to help me put it together and that's so unprofessional and I'm just like <laughs> like I want yeah, to part scream. part of the
1: process though girl I'm telling you like I have been learning so much about just how everything comes together in the long run girl because yeah, oh, you're just starting out you're going to be a prof- professional professional you're going to be professional at this one day, you know? Yeah. So it all comes together, girl.
0: And I had to give myself some flack, like, you know, some slack. <laughs> Not flack. <laughs> like. <laughs> like flacker? <laughs> <laughs> I, had to, I had to give myself some slack. Um, first and foremost, I had to think, like, yo, this is season one. Like, I think the numbers of, like, 9,000 people have listened. Girl, was, you like, absolutely so blew me
1: away with that number. I was here like, did I hear right?
0: It, it kind of like am, gave, right? me, a, it oh my gave me a heart attack. And I was just like, oh my gosh, you know? Uh, and so I was like, oh my gosh, like I need to step my game up. Like I can't, you know? Yep. So, but yep. then at the same time, I have to cut myself some slack, Like I said earlier, like this is season one. I'm not a professional, I'm not a sound engineer. And it's just me and like a few people that help me, but they can only help me when it's like not because they have their own lives too, you know? All right, they exactly. Have kids and wives mm-hmm. and everything. So, we're not all single people so I have to really be realistic and And you know
1: what you're saying we're cutting yourself some slack that comes back to mental health you know we we have to have balance we have to have balance you know I mean you're a mom you're a student we have to have some balance we have to create balance purposefully create balance you know what I mean so I
0: I, I believe I believe that 100% because girl let me tell you that balance is definitely needed I call it alignment you
1: know, uh, I there feel you go, like there's so many, and you know, it's funny there's because so many- I have been searching for the right word for like weeks to just sum up how I want balance and order, you know, mm-hmm. affirmations and all of that. And I'm like, what's the word I'm looking for? But you just said it, girl, alignment.
0: Yes, alignment. It's, it's, yep. it's that alignment, it's that, and, and for me, alignment means you know, it's not perfect, but you can deal with the highs and, and the exactly. lows, and exactly. you don't have to. You won't. You're not really moving with the chaotic. Exactly, and you see coming back to that word that
1: you say. You're not moving. You're grounded. So, so alignment and grounded. Like that's it, girl.
0: That's it. Yeah, and it's it comes with meditation. I I talked about this in a previous episode, sis, where I was just like, yo, when I was meditating before I had kids, and I was going through a lot, but when I was meditating and I was doing yoga and I was doing my breathing exercises it's a beautiful and intimate thing to sit down and hear yourself and hear yourself Carl, you are like- you
1: are like I'm loving this I'm loving this episode like you're
0: you're hitting the <laughs> nails
1: on the head like I said that to my husband recently I'm like because I came here like five years ago from Jamaica right and then I came here mm-hmm. I got married I started well I, I had I have one child I didn't start having children I have one child and you know, I said to my husband the other day, one thing with, with, you know, being a mom and being here is that I haven't been able to meditate, you know? In Jamaica, I would meditate all the time.
0: All the oh time. Oh, my gosh.
1: I would, Under
0: the aki tree, though?
1: The almond tree, yep. Under the almond tree, girl. Yep.
0: Oh, and geez. go to the go to the
1: beach side, and it was amazing. So, you know, girl,
0: I miss home. Oh, my goodness. Oh,
1: girl, I'm going down in December. I'm going down in December. <laughs> Yeah, my best friend is getting married, and I am looking forward to it so much.
0: Oh, congratulations to your best Thank friend! Thank you,
1: girl.
0: I know Jamaica weddings be we popping too; like nobody knows. Yeah, they're beautiful.
1: <laughs> they're beautiful. Yeah.
0: And the sorrel.
1: <laughs> and the
0: cake. And the black <laughs> cake. <laughs> so y'all making me now? I'm salivating. <laughs> but yeah, going back to mental health, and like you said, it's just meditation, and like you said. It's, it's not just meditating only like in your house, which is good. It's a good start. I say to people who are, are new to meditation, start in your home, start in your room. And because we don't spend enough time with ourselves, we're always on the go. We're working, exactly. we're school, yep. being a mom. Yep. We need to spend time to hear our thoughts yep. because it's a very intimate thing to hear your thoughts because you can check yourself and and you can be like, wow, I'm thinking. And you know, what's funny, like it? I
1: saw a TED talk the other day, right? And they were talking about... Introverts. It was a TED Talk on introverts. And, you know, I'm an introvert by nature. So it was like they were talking about the importance of of introverts to have me time. Like, if you're introverted, you have to take time after big events to just be by yourself and calm down. And I'm like, wow, it goes right back to meditating. I'm like, okay, so I definitely see where I need to make time for that in my life. You know what I mean? Because it's definitely a tool that I need to apply that works for me. So, man...
0: Exactly. And, and it makes you feel like when you're meditating, I don't know about you, but for me, when I meditate out in nature or like outside, my favorite place
1: to meditate is at the beach.
0: Oh, yes. It's at the beach. (laughs) That is the best place to meditate. And for me, when I sit and I meditate, it is so calming. And I love hearing like the first part of meditation for a lot of people is to just try to block out any thoughts because you're not in the state of mind to listen to your thoughts already because it's going to cause anxiety so the best part of starting meditation is to just try to curb those yep, thoughts. just
1: have them just have them come and go come and go don't even tune into them just let them come and flow yeah
0: yeah and what you should focus your ear your hearing on is more so hearing like the birds or the ocean Or maybe you'll hear some people talking, or maybe you'll hear like, you know, the waves crashing. Those are the things you want to listen to because that makes you grounded. It makes you feel like you're at this present moment right now. Yep. And I feel like we we move so fast. And because my friend was telling me, she's like, yo, when we're sitting in a car, we're not we're not just sitting, we're moving. Like inertia. Oh my goodness. You know? Oh my goodness. We're moving. Oh my goodness. And then when we get out the car, we're moving, right? And then when we get, get the kids, we're moving. And when we come home, we're, we're cooking. You know what? And that's and one thing doing, I absolutely well, love
1: about Jamaica. We have so much downtime. We have, we're have we on island time, girl, as you know.
0: But <laughs> but that actually does something
1: for our mental health, too. You know what I mean? So
0: Yeah. It definitely. It makes you see things a lot clearer. And it makes you have that more of a self-identity. And that that connection to yourself and with nature. Because I feel like if you don't connect with nature, then you're not really connected at all. So oh love, I'm so excited. (laughs) This is this is yes. (laughs) So let's get into our next segment. We're gonna be talking about another deep subject. Um, we're gonna talk about pre-colonial mental health. So listen up. back and I am so excited oh my goodness you guys know like I salivate when it comes to like learning about pre-colonialization oh my goodness girl this is definitely your
1: floor okay
0: (laughs) (laughs) so I'm not gonna like give you guys a long boring history academic blah 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 version and I'm definitely not gonna read to you guys of course like my research that I because I definitely do my research before I talk about these type of topics. I don't spew a bunch of hogwash and I don't blow hot air out of my ass. Like this is stuff that actually happens um, in real life. This is something that is recorded in history there. If you have any questions and you want me to cite any references, holler at me, DM me, and I will send you lots of journals and articles and they're cross-referenced. So there's a difference between white academia and black academia. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Man. Be a great episode, white academia and black av- academia, <laughs> right? So I say that because um, white academia usually is like your Oxford. It's usually uh, Harvard. A lot of your Ivy League schools that are seen to have a lot of great research methods and they're seen as like schools of prestige uh, and credible sources. And then you have your black academia, which is individuals who are usually in the HBCUs, which is a historical black colleges and universities, or they're individuals who have d- conducted their own research, but they're not affiliated with any like uh, journal, uh, journal, uh, I would say journal or articles or anybody who's associated with big schools, such as ProQuest or LexisNexis, et cetera. So I am excited because we're gonna unveil pre-colonial mental health. now. Am I an expert in African and pre-colonial studies? No, I'm hoping after I get my degree in social work that I can get a second master's in African and African American studies. So that's something I want to do and want to teach, definitely, because we have to know our history to know where we're going. But not only that, I do wanna talk about pre-colonial mental health from the perspective of I have taken about a few courses. Um, I have friends who are, you know, I have a friend who is an African studies, South African studies professor. Um, And yeah, I've done some research myself because it's not always your degree that makes you a wise individual. It's the ability for you to retain information and also question that information and cross-reference it. So getting back into our segment, um, pre-colonial mental health. And I like the whole African... um, you know, the African saying, which says, you know, it's kind of like, it takes a village to raise a child. Right, it does. And it does take a village. Um, It's that support system. And it's also attributed by the village. It's attributed by having different people with different status to help individuals overcome certain situations like a witch doctor or a shaman, which is definitely not only seen in Africa, but all over the world. I mean, if you look at Native American, if you look look at indigenous populations, if you look all, all over the world, you will see that there has been a person that has been designed, has been perceived as the witch doctor or the shaman or the person who has the infinite amount of knowledge, a chief even, who, if you have any qualms or any issues, you'd go to that person and you would receive kind of like a mentorship. And that's usually seen as the universal.
1: Right. And it's interesting that you would say that because in Jamaica, you know, the same witch doctor or whatever, she's known as a healer woman, you know, and it's this person that you would go to. I mean, for religious reasons and stuff, we tend to shy away from it or shy away from it now. But that's a traditional person who would help with the healing of the community or, you know, back to my field where it comes on to postpartum health. You know, back in the days when a woman gave birth, it was a community event you know grandmothers aunties everybody would come together and they would make sure that that new mother is okay they would make sure that she has her baths her herbal baths her ritualistic baths they would make sure that she's fed they would make sure that she's properly clothed you know what i mean so it definitely takes a community girl yeah
0: and that's that's amazing we, no that's how it should be i know a lot of uh um, families i don't want to put every black family or you know in this right. categorization of women are are not being supported or people with dealing with mental health issues are not being supported right. because that's not true there are a lot of black families that get it you right. know And i say get it right. because you do get it uh it being that it does take a community it takes a village and not having this individualistic well you know I you're a burden or I've spent so much time like gr- raising you and I want to live my life and it's not individualistic it's not selfish it's more so this is what we do because we love and exactly. you're a part of our family and this is what we're supposed to do and it's, it's not even just supposed to do it's just natural and I feel like some people don't get it in the black community and I feel like I can't speak on the statistics of this but I don't I've, I've seen a lot of families that, that definitely do this and then I've seen a lot of families that don't. And I think it also plays into the perspective of power dynamics, you know? like. And, and it's definitely
1: uh, go- it's going to go back to what we're going to talk about later down in this podcast, girl. The mm-hmm. fact that in the Black communities, we have the tendency to feel like, I don't need anybody. I can do this all by myself. Yeah. So if yeah. somebody, yeah. if a family member should have that perspective for themselves, then they... You know, actually feel like they don't need to help anybody else either. You know what I mean? Like we're all out there, everybody yeah. for their own selves. Everybody for their own selves. You know what I mean? So, mm. yeah, girl. Yeah. yeah, you
0: you definitely like, girl. I agree with you so much. I'm like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because I, I feel like that goes back to the black, the strong black woman and the strong black male complex, yep. right? And it's just that whole, well, if you're a strong black woman, then you're supposed to just do it and like take it and not, you know, you know, complain because this is what you're supposed to do as a strong black woman. And a strong black man is supposed to not worry about his being emotional and showing emotion right. or, mm-hmm. you know, like. Being more transparent or vulnerable because you're a strong black man, and we're gonna get into that. And I, we definitely have our own theories that I can't wait for us to discuss. Um, and then also the whole view going back to pre-colonial mental health, the whole view of like mentorship and apprenticeship, right? And so we're gonna dive deep into like the Congolese. We're gonna dive deep. Uh, uh, I would say the Congolese tribe or the Congo. We can also go into more the Zulu nation. We can also go into, you know, Egypt and look at the pharaohs. If you look at these different tribes, sects, and empires, you'll notice that throughout history, there's always been this form of apprenticeship and mentorship. And I feel like we're missing that um, big aspect as a family and, and unit. Um, we all know that children develop at, 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 young, at a young stage, usually from toddler on, and especially once they hit five, six years old, are becoming so malleable, and they're starting to learn so much, and they're soaking in so much knowledge. It becomes the foundation to the way that they see their worldviews, right? Right,
1: right. And you know what's interesting? You're talking about apprenticeship. So my husband owns a business. He's a mechanic. He's a technician. He owns a BMW repair shop. So it's interesting that you talked about mentorship and apprenticeship because this is something that he said he always wanted to do for young younger guys, you know, and just starting like two days ago, there's this young guy, young black guy, whose father came to him and he's like, "Listen, my son, he's interested in being a mechanic. Can you allow him to come to your shop and just work alongside you?" And of course, my husband said yes, you know. And when like when he told me, I'm like, you know, this is what we're talking about, like as black families. We need to be role models for like the younger generation. We need to come together like, we definitely need to come together as a community, you know, for mentorship, for apprenticeship, for guidance, for support, you know? So this is definitely something important that we need to bring back to our community now, modern day, you know, post-colonial era.
0: Exactly. And, and it's very important that we do that because, you know, in Egypt, there are a lot of people who are studying to, to the mathematics and the sciences. It, it's usually individual. A lot of people thought it was more of a, a caste society, which it was um, a lot of, you know, during those times in those dynasties that they had different individuals. They had different pharaohs. And those pharaohs, of course, had their own ways in which that they in which they ruled. Right. right? And the Pharisees. But. It was interesting to see, and I was watching this documentary on how they were uncovering the hieroglyphic, the hieroglyphics and they were looking at the roles of mentorship and apprenticeship and how individuals who are not within the same caste system were also included in a lot of the mathematics, but they weren't um, they were still within their caste system. So they were attributing, but they were still in their caste system. And I thought that was very, it, I thought that was sad, right. <laughs> but right. I thought it was very interesting that they still allowed them to go outside the outskirts of where, where their caste system was. And I think if we focus on, like you said earlier, including a lot of children and what they find as an interest right, right in their passion. Right that's how you hone in on a lot of what they'll become in the future. And they're not going to just see themselves as, Oh, I can only work retail or oh, I can work this little rinky Ding job. Exactly. They're going to see themselves as, no, I've studied this for like, since I was seven or eight years they old. They start to aspire for I a lot,
1: a lot more. They start to, you know, have bigger dreams and stuff. And it's also interesting because, you know, as black families, we don't like to talk about it sometimes, but you know, the issue of, of, of fathers being present, you know, of, of having good male f- figures and good male, mo- good and good for what look for, forward for and good um, male figures to just um, be good role models. You know, um, that's how that's how yeah. it's important for that's that's really important for like black male figures to step up, be a father to a child who doesn't have a dad. Like, you know, what I mean, not not father in the way of giving the child money and whatever, but sometimes the black kids they just need a good role model. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and it's it's because we're missing that. And if you look at the statistics, like currently, there's a lot of single mothers. You know, there's a lot of single black mothers. And sadly, I'm a part of that statistic. And to be real, I never wanted to. My intentions were never to be um, someone's baby mama. But it happens, right? It happens. Yeah, my intentions were to be with the person that I loved, and I truly, honestly loved the father of my children. Like I love that man so much, and there were so many other men that could have. gratefully have taken his place you know Um, but I I really loved him and I thought he was the person that he portrayed himself to be but I think we both fell short and I think he also dropped the ball and doing a lot and still you know I'm waiting for him to take ownership and be more of a present father to the girls and not just uh, you know child custody weekend father you know I've I've discussed this with him on multiple occasions you know you can't just pick them up on your weekends you need to be more of an active parental role you said you wanted 50-50 custody therefore if you Want to talk to your girls and you want to talk to Eva in the middle of the week, by all means, I will not even argue with you. I'll just give Eva the phone. And I have done that multiple times. Right. So I said, So you can talk to Eva, but what you shouldn't do is totally neglect her because Eva asked for her father during the week. Oh, and when I call him and she doesn't, he doesn't pick up, just the, the level of disappointment right. on Eva's face right. It, it right. Cuts, and it cuts like knives. It's you funny
1: know. because she's getting older and she's starting to understand a lot more. You know, so yeah. it's rough.
0: And, and it's rough because you can't tell a very stubborn Nigerian man how to be a father because his mother didn't even teach him how to be a good father. Because I think it's a cultural thing. I think that a lot of these men are absent because there's this whole patriarchy view. And if you look at the colonialization Uh, Nigeria was colonized by the British girl I was just about
1: to say it's the same thing with (gasps) with a lot of Jamaican men and that's exactly what happened in Jamaica we were colonized by the British as well girl
0: (laughs) yes and it's this whole perspective of well, men's work is men's work and women's work is women's work. Like yes. you have to raise your yes. children, yes. you have to do this and you have to yes. do that. And of course, like you said earlier, like that's attributed. You got to look at history, right? Yep. So we got to we got to do better and we got to move forward. And it never hurts to reflect on wanting to be a better parent, wanting to be a better person and also seeing how you can. In this life, no matter what you can't control, accept the things you can't control and move forward with the things that you can and do the best that you can.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Like I was listening to Bishop T.G. Jakes and he was saying that, you know how sometimes we grieve what we don't have? And he's like, Mm -hmm. that's a wrong way to look at it because your miracle is always in what's left. Mm. So whatever you have that you're working with right now, girl, that's where your miracle is going to come from. That's where your breakthrough is going to come from. So it's like you said, you know, working with with what we have to make the best of a situation, you know?
0: Exactly. And that leads into our last, you know, our last subject for this, this segment. It's mental health, a gift or a curse. And a lot of people think that if you have children or if you even are dealing with mental health, that it's like a curse but I look at it as a gift because a lot of children that I've I've had the privilege and honor to work with and study uh, who've dealt with autism spectrum a lot of you know adults who've dealt with bipolar type 1, bipolar type 2, schizophrenia um, all of that they are extremely bright. They are. They're extremely smart. They are. so smart and I think it's just because our society doesn't know how to cope with their form of reality and so we put them into these like dsm-5 bullshit like your autism spectrum and this is how much ritalin you should have so you can you know work with society and it's it's really it's really sad and it's really sad when i hear bullshit from a lot of parents like a lot of parents who have children um with autism it's really sad to see other people who don't have those children with autism and they're like oh i'm so sorry like right the kid is not right. dead exactly the exactly
1: hell? exactly <laughs> they just they just think differently and see the world differently but my god they're smart they're really smart
0: yeah it's like just because you don't understand them doesn't make just because they don't conform to our societal views of norms doesn't make them any less than like i hate that shit so much and for me i just my heart goes out to a lot of those parents, and it takes a major village to get and pull through that. And it's it's a blessing. And you know, like, it teaches you it teaches you real love. You exactly,
1: know? exactly, it does, and it teaches you to go outside of yourself. And that's the thing with having like a mental illness. Like, I mean, it's not it's not a gift that you would say, "Oh, please, you know, let me suffer from a mental illness." But definitely, you know what I mean, right? But definitely, <laughs> yeah. it would be like, um, it would be like. You see, when you have a mental illness, it allows you to perceive the world so much different. You're so much more empathetic to everybody. You're it just it just made it just makes you like it's a gift in that sense where it makes you a lot more understanding and a lot more patient with others. You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. It definitely does, and it also helps you see the world like wow, we're not we're not just two D, we're not three D, we're like four D. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It's like. It's like a person who's studying algebra versus a person studying quantum physics. It's like, that's a whole nother plane.
1: Exactly. But it's
0: exactly. still math at the time. So exactly. You guys, woo, this was, yes. I, I'm not going to lie. This segment had me, had me sweat, and I was like, woo, pre-colonialization. Am <laughs> I going to do this any justice? <laughs> we pulled through, y'all. <laughs> we went through pre-colonialization with the Zulu Nation. Congolese and of course Egyptians and now we're pushing forward to our next segment which is the current mental health issues of today and I'm really excited um let's push forward and yeah let's keep moving
1: stay tuned (laughs) y'all we are 20% more likely than the general population to suffer from a severe mental illness. Mm -hmm. And concurrent with that, we're only half times as likely as our Caucasian counterparts to seek help. Wow. So think about that. And then uh, some of the issues that we, some of the serious mental illnesses that we tend to see within our society are depression, suicide, ptsd which is due to our overexposure violence and adhd
0: wow Yep. you know i i just i i agree with the statistics because i do feel like there is a higher level of of uh, mental health issues and i think it's attributed by like society right and it's constantly first and foremost um i was listening to dr umar umar johnson Mm-hmm. Uh, and I love listening to Dr. Umar Johnson. Some of the stuff that he says, I'm like, well, damn, I don't agree with that. But some Exactly. Of the exactly. Like, yeah. Right. But some he some says good stuff, stuff, stuff. Right. Yeah. Some of the stuff he says, right. I'm like, okay, fucking yeah, that's that fire. Like I agree 100%. Right. And he right. made a great point. It was the fact this, it's the breakdown of how we as individuals, as black individuals have been perceived over time according to our according to the colonizers okay
2: mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> colonizer mm-hmm. <laughs> like black panther colonizer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah right <laughs> and their ancestors and i don't want to put all white people as like you're a colonizer because i don't want to offend any white people and, and mess up the white guilds because this whole theory of white <laughs> yeah right i hope oh, that's a whole nother a whole nother, nother yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> but for me it's it's more so understanding like okay well we first were perceived as like animals right and I always question this in class in any of my classes I had psychology course I said to the teachers I'm not so interested in learning about psychology like I'm, I'm interested in learning about psychology and like teach me your knowledge you know professor sensei whatever but I'm also interested in where was the turning point that changed human beings pre-colonialization black empires were ruling and a part of a trade system and this is evident because anthropologists have found beads from europe like in and that beads those glass beads were from turkey and they're found in fucking like nigeria locations in nigeria zimbabwe and so like how the hell did they get there and and they're found in sediment soil they dated it and they're like wow this is pre-colonialization and then they see the same beads and they're like whoa they're, they're also located here they're located here and they're noticing that there was a form and a system of trade right and so Mm -hmm. how do you trade with someone and and in order to trade with someone you it's very you have to learn their language right you have to be like Cleopatra you have to learn multiple languages in order to say okay this is five dollars this is eight dollars okay I'm gonna give you this this next time I'm gonna give you this that time you know what I'm saying so you have to learn how to trade you have to be able to be knowledgeable in different languages and cultures and so my question is how do you change the perspective and the psychology of a person with them So all of a sudden, they're an animal.
1: (laughs) I Oh, my goodness. Girl, this is such (laughs) a deep topic. And, oh, my goodness, it's such a deep topic. But you know what? I won't even get into it. (laughs) I won't even get into it.
0: (laughs) It's deep because a lot of people don't know. And even the professors didn't know. You know, I said, I'm not really trying to. Because it's hard. It's a good question. But it's a hard question to find concrete details because you're discussing issues i that think you know what
1: how about this it goes to human nature it goes to the nature of us sometimes when we're really selfish and we just want it all for ourselves so you know there's one theory that you know um the colonizers went to africa and they just you know, Africa is a very, it's very rich and abundant in gems and gold a lot and of salt, a lot, a lot of, of resources, resources, right? So, the theory goes that you know they eventually just wanted it all for themselves. You know what I mean? They just wanted it all from themselves. Like, there's a story with Kudu. I think that's the name of this slave, or he wasn't a slave at the time. He's the African, and he had gems, he had diamonds in his in, on the on the window of his hut, right? So, mm-hmm. a white colonizer comes and he's trying to say, well. You should you should give that to me. Your God says that you should give that to me, and he's like, I don't. You know what? I don't even remember the story clearly, so I don't even want to mess it up. But pretty much, it just shows yeah, goes to show yeah. how selfish they were and greedy. But you know what? Like, it's just human nature. Not even not even white colonizers or anything like that, but just human mm-hmm. nature. So I think that's when the switch probably happened. Maybe I don't know. You know.
0: I kind of want to challenge that though, sis. because I feel like what I discussed. Um, so I'm going to touch back to, I'm going to get back to Umar Johnson. Uh-huh. But what I discussed in this class with a professor and trying to understand what, where was the disconnect, uh-huh. the psychological disconnect uh-huh. of being, because I could not imagine even if it was a white counterpart that I didn't know a person mm-hmm. treating them and putting them in a cage it would do something to me psychologically right so, because I don't because mm-hmm. I have some type of a conscience but I had this perspective that I think it was attributed to something neurological that happened because of biopsy because of uh, biology and anatomy so my my phys- physiologically i should say physiologically i think that racism was more so like a um, mental illness. I think the process of colonialization was pushed through by sociopaths. I think that the socio-apathy was attributed by, during the time of pre-colonialization around the 1300s, there was a huge climactic change Um, within parts of Europe it causes it caused a huge snow front and a lot of people were were dying their crops were dying they had to stay inside the house for hours you know so malnutrition attributed by a lack of vitamin d attributed by a lack of being outside in present air and greenery it can cause someone to lose their mind
1: man so you you, you (laughs) so pretty much you thought that they woke up one day and lost their mind huh
0: I think that's what pushed socio-apathy.
1: Oh, man. And that's
0: what causes someone to disconnect.
1: Girl, this is definitely your feel for true, because, man, you think about, like, you're on a whole different level with this girl. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I said that the professor's mouth was so wide. So was wide. <laughs> I was like, did I say something wrong? Because he was white, you know? Yeah. But <laughs> yeah. 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 I was like, I'm not calling you, you know, anyway.
1: Yeah, but there's, <laughs> but- there's you know what, there's, and especially as Black people now, there's a lot to be explored about our history because, like you said, we've just been given the white man's history. You know what I mean? Exactly. So there's a lot to be explored. There's definitely a lot to be explored because there's a lot of stuff coming up that, you know, a lot of stuff that we hold to be true that people are saying, that's not how it, that's not how it went, you know? And, exactly. And, and persons from Africa would say that, like, that's not how our story went. You know, but girl, yeah. there's so much more exploration to do. I don't even want to get into this topic because I'm definitely <laughs> not an expert in this field.
0: Aww, you know, thank so. I be honest about it. And and for more than anything, I definitely want to say the reason why I brought up that whole perspective of that psychological, I, I want to call it a switch, right? Because how do you go from being a person who trades with someone? And you speak the same language. So now they're an animal, and it is still the same. I was studying in a genocide and prevention studies course. Mm-hmm. Um, I was studying how the Hutus and the Tutsis in the Rwandan genocide in 1991 they were they looked like one another, but there were subtle differences because the Belgians had like these phenotypic kind of like what we have in the in the, um, the united states uh-huh. with slavery of house negro and the field negro uh-huh. field Negroes looked more black had uh-huh. broader noses darker skin uh-huh. house Negroes were more fair right uh-huh. and that's kind of very the same construct of hutus and tutsis in rwanda and it's very interesting to see how they had this such of a deep hate that resonated from colonialism due to like uh, envy and jealousy right uh-huh. which kind of ties into what you said earlier like it's that envy and that jealousy that hey you have abundant resources and beautiful land and you have people and I want it and it's that selfishness but I think that it's not just selfishness I want to add to what you said uh-huh. it's also attributed by a socio-apathy and so we're going to push through and I think we need to discuss since we're getting deep into that <laughs> I'm going to quickly quickly go into Lamar Johnson umar johnson had this perspective that he believed that of course we were perceived as as animals and so we have to look at that perspective we were treated as animals and perceived by the white man as animals so what then does that do to our own psychological ancestors exactly exactly like um the slave
1: trade and all of that how we were treated you know like on the transatlantic the transatlantic oh my goodness why am i being tongue-tied on the transatlantic trade system you know um, mm-hmm. the conditions were so, de- so deplorable that slaves that well they weren't slaves at the time but africans would jump overboard even before they reached the caribbean you know what i mean yeah. and when they reached the caribbean now they were separated because they were separated from their family and anybody that they could speak the same language with because why there is power and unity Right? Exactly. Then, you know, they were punished in several ways. They were their limbs were torn off, they were beaten, they were sexually exploited. So it goes back to what it goes back to what you're saying. Like what does that do to our psyche? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then
0: it's like it what people fail to realize is not just colonizing. Colonization doesn't happen with just a land. Right. The land is a metaphor of every possible being of that person. When you colonize a land, the person colonizing it acts as if they're God. Yeah. Because this is very Native American as well. How can you claim a land you've never created? Right. All right. All right. And so, for you to colonize that land, you're pretending like you're God, like you have owned it and you have rights to this land. Like Mother Nature does not fucking exist, right? right. <laughs> or the God who created it doesn't exist. And then on top of that, you colonize the minds, right? You right. colonize and you break the souls, and you colonize the infrastructure of the family house and family unit, right? Which right. goes back to what we said earlier in the, our previous segment. It takes a village to raise a child, but how do you have a village when the village is distorted and people are sold as cattle, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. And
0: and so it's it's really a messed up construct, and people don't really understand. I I had this person who was like, "Oh my gosh, slavery is so played out. The shit is not played out. It has made severe ramifications to the black community, even to the white community, because it, but, it's you know you know I
1: think like, like like <laughs> like I. Like I'm sometimes on the fence with it. I'm just at the fact that okay, it happened. We need to address it so we can know how to move forward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you need to understand where you're coming from to understand where you're going. So that's my view on it. You know what I mean? We can't like sometimes it's really like ridden a lot, to be honest. Like You (laughs) know what I mean? Because it's four hundred years later, but I get what you're saying. Though we need to see what's happening. We need to we need to ask black people, not as white people, as black people. We need to do it for ourselves and examine what we've been through and the effects. So exactly. that we can address how we're going to fix them and the solutions to these issues.
0: Ooh, since you spin that fire, <laughs> yes, that's what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh! Oh, I love it. Oh my gosh this is just giving me oh my goodness give me life right now so <laughs> because it's it's real and then so when we talk about like Dr. Kumar Johnson's real quick he had this perspective of look that we were perceived as animals then we were perceived as property right well we technically were received as animals and property but then animals then from the the term animals it just became okay that's my property right because animals right. was just too uh silver uh what is it chivalric or whatever right all right and so it was just like, okay, that's like caveman, you know, Cro-Magnon type of, you know, this is my animal. No, this is my property. And then from property, it just became to slave, right? And then from yeah. slave, it just became to, you know, we're mentally, we're physically free, but we're mentally still enslaved. And I think that we are because we feel the, the a lot of the current issues that we're going through is attributed by this double consciousness that we are, we know we are capable beings we know we're smart we know we're intelligent we and sometimes we even know our history like we know we're niggas not niggas like n-i-g-g-a-s but n-e-g-u-s you know kings and queens
2: you -hmm. know
0: we that term is is a term that was used to like you know mock us but we're kings and queens n-e-g-u-s and Mm -hmm. for for us it is it's kind of like a warfare with having to figure out how do I tap dance in this realm of white society and white privilege but also love and have that black privilege for myself and how do I live in a society that wants me to hate myself and wants me to be inferior to something that I'm not Right. it does a lot to you psychologically Um, and and I want to attribute it next you know our next topic is the stigma of the crazy you know if we don't right. if we don't conform to society's norms of like oh you have to be quiet and be like oh yes amassa type shit because this shit still exists
1: all right all right so so definitely kay um man that takes us right into our next stoppage which is the barriers you know like yeah. what are the barriers that are stopping considering that we're 20 percent more likely and we're half percent more we're half times likely to get help like what are some of the barriers that are stopping us in our community from getting help because we have identified that there's an issue Mm -hmm. so how now do we gather help and what are the barriers that are stopping us from getting help so like you said the first one was a stigma of being crazy right
0: yeah
1: (laughs) Yeah. like nobody wants to be that crazy person you know what i mean quote-unquote crazy crazy person person, you know what i mean
0: black person you know
1: yeah right right and, and even if it's not crazy black person it's crazy person because even within our black community we're going to be the crazy person you know what i mean yeah and like it's just a stigma for example the word crazy in our black community sometimes and overall i guess we don't have much more words in our vocabulary to describe having a mental illness you know what i mean so it could be bipolar it could be schizophrenia it could be depression you're just crazy You know what I mean? And in in Jamaica, the word that we use for crazy is mad. So that's a mad person. You know what I mean? So you know, so definitely the stigma of being the crazy person, that's one barrier that will stop us from getting help. Because nobody ever wants to be labeled as the crazy person. But you know what's crazy? Or (laughs) wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) But you know what's funny is that even if you don't get help, you're still gonna be labeled. So might as well get help. So I'm saying get help and be able to help yourself and make some progress, you know? exactly.
0: uh And it starts with you. It's it's very courageous because to to get out of the stigmatization of being quote unquote crazy, but showing like a different face to whatever mental health issue, it also it also teaches others. You know, like when I was when I let me tell you something, girl, real quick. Uh when i went to a family gathering this was re- fairly recently i think uh-huh. it was like fourth of july or something uh-huh. uh i went and i visited my jamaican side of the family uh-huh. right because i haven't really talked to my african-american side of the family to be real they have not invited me to any family functions since i've been back in california uh-huh. um, and that's okay with me Yeah, all right <laughs> I tell the truth I'm not gonna fake And, and yeah. do a, a tap dance yeah. For anybody mm-hmm. If I don't like you I'm gonna respectfully Tell you to your face I don't like you And I'm gonna say You know I'm gonna keep my distance Because I just don't like you But I will respect you Because you're my family I say that to people To their face Some people don't like that Right
1: Um <laughs> yeah, I I was smoking, yeah. yeah I was spoken Right
0: <laughs> I call <it> being transparent <laughs> But when I went to my Jamaican side of the family It was kind of crazy Candace. Um I guess I, it was being disclosed that I was just ape shit crazy. Oh, wow. Like, oh, you know, wow. I was just losing my goddamn mind. Like, I did, you know, 5150, 20 million times, and, you know, I just am off my rocker, you know, my rocker, and I'm just like. So, did you, did you, like,
1: overhear them saying that, or what was the case?
0: You can, I can feel the gaze, um, the gaze. Yeah. The, the gaze. Yeah. I could feel the looks on me. And you know when you're being analyzed Because I analyze people You know what I'm saying? I've been taught to analyze people That's what I've been trained to do in my field And so like when I'm being analyzed too I know real, recognize real And I'm like shit, you know And like they're looking at me And I'll say certain things like Oh yeah, I go to this school and I have a 4.0 And they're like their mouths just fucking (laughs) drop And they're just like
1: but but you know what girl let me tell you you know jamaican i'm jamaican so i know the issue with our society in jamaica is that we are not i mean it comes back to the black community right we're not fully informed of all these mental illnesses so for somebody to be having mental illnesses or whatever the case might be you're homeless or whatever it's like we don't discuss it enough in our society you know what i mean so mm. and you know what what happened girls like what happened girl is that like when you don't understand something you learn to fear it, you know what I mean. So, I yeah, think, or so it. It. yeah, or judge it, yeah, or so judge it. Yes, I think that's really what's happening. But it, it all comes back to us. We have to be more educated as a society, so we can help help each other and stuff like that. You know?
0: Yeah, and it and it and it also comes back to like you know, say not being afraid and be like, yeah, I went to postpartum depression. Exactly, yeah, with anxiety, because your story helps yeah, somebody. That. Your
1: story helped somebody, right? Right.
0: Exactly. And I think the stigma of the gays, and now the gays, when I say the gays, it's not like homosexuals, the gays. Right, right, right. right,
2: (laughs) For those who are listening.
0: Right. Um, The gays is the gays, Mm G-A-Z-E. And this is a sociological term that examines how white individuals view uh, people who are not white. So people of color, right? And so mainly and specifically, I'm looking at the gays as it refers to black individuals, right? Since we're talking about black Mm -hmm. mental health. Mm -hmm. And I'm looking at how the gaze on how white people kind of like this fear of like this view of like this eye being looked at us and i you've no, you've heard of this before it's this when like family would say you know you gotta dress nicely but when you go outside because you know people are going to be looking at you and shit all right all right you know it's a very big all jamaican right. it's a big thing in jamaica, yes it's, it's like. a big Yeah, it is yeah, it is like, it's a huge <laughs> thing in jamaica it right? is. Mm-hmm. when you go out you have to have your shirt ironed and pressed you have to yep. have clean shoes your yep. hair must be well kept and you have to go outside looking very, very nice. You can't, right. you can't go outside looking like you know with some crushed up jeans and like a sweatshirt that's like you know has a stain on it because it's just not gonna look you're not gonna look well kept you know you're gonna look All like right. it's, like you know that term you're gonna look like you have nobody you know exactly exactly you're not nobody
2: right exactly
0: <laughs> my my American accent over here <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my goodness, goodness. When I was talking Patois in Jamaica, one side know, one side, when I was talking Patois in Jamaica when I was like, what, six? When I went back home? I stayed there for like a year, I think. Um, I was speaking Patois to the kids. They're like, your Patois you does not sound the same. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my goodness! It's so funny because I hear I hear like I have a lot of American friends, but their parents are Jamaican, and they talk um Jamaican. It's so funny! It's, it so, funny. So, <laughs> it's funny. so funny! It's so
0: funny! It's so funny! And it's like, and if you hear somebody like my grandmother is, she's full bred Jamaica, like born in South kingston right. you know what I'm saying? Born in King, right. Kingston, she's proud of herself, and it's funny because. She lived in New York for like a long time, so she has like New York mixed in with her Jamaican. Oh man, oh, this is so wild. <laughs> it's wild! Oh man, I can't imagine, right? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, oh, my goodness. so I think it's getting back to what we we're talking. I think it's we just don't have because of this whole view of the gay and, and dress perfectly just like we were taught like in our background of being Jamaican like I think it's that fear and that anxiety if I'm not perfect and I'm not well-kept then I'm not gonna be well-received by exactly. my you know white counterparts yeah, I-, I won't get a job it's that fear of oh my gosh if I go to work to a job interview with twists in my hair will I get the job or whether they think it's too ethnic? you know it's that anxiety in my view that causes like paranoia and psychosis and a lot of things that can lead to that because it's that attributed fear and it causes a lot of stress on your brain and on your body the physiological effects of that is serious and real and I think we we just you know I think another oh, bar- barrier is we just don't trust white practitioners right
1: right, right. definitely we feel
0: like they're gonna judge us we feel like we're going to be a part of their research studies, right?
1: And um, and historically, you know, there have been prejudice and discrimination, you know, yes. in our in our healthcare system. So we're like, are we going to be misdiagnosed for one? Yes. You know, exactly. are, we to, are we going to receive equal care? And you know, one issue too is sometimes um, it's sad to say, but our practitioners within our communities are sometimes incompetent. Like the let's talk about like um. the clinics that we have. You know, what I mean, they're they're not always. Oh, and are always the best, you know. what I mean, like, like if like 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 to be real, like like talk about a regular clinic on an everyday. You know, you got you, you get you're getting sick or whatever. You know, are you gonna choose to go to a clinic in the black community, or are you gonna go to a clinic that's like more up? You know, what I mean, more uptown, as we'd say in Jamaica, or more towards a predominantly white community. You know, what I mean, because mm. sometimes the care, is, or oftentimes, a lot of times the care is sometimes better at that at that um at that institution depending on how you look at it you know what i mean so that's another issue too like sometimes we tend to like we of course we mistrust the white the white um white practitioners but um it, it just comes back to say that it, within our black community we have a lot of work to do how about that
0: <laughs> <laughs> exactly exactly and i think it's because we need more and just to be real we need more black psychologists we need more black practitioners oh yes girl
1: yes girl um yep. because
0: if we're if we're expecting a white clinician to know the struggles of a black person right. that that's just not it's not gonna happen All So right. we need more people to and i mean back. i mean
1: we can't we can't we can't knock it either because i mean my therapist was white and she did a great job you know that's what i mean true. but but we just, we just like, you know, come back to say we have a lot of work to do as a black community to help support each other and make sure that we have our own. I mean, listen, we're not done playing anything. We have a lot of great black psychologists out there, a lot of great black therapists. We're just saying that it's hard to find. Sometimes it's hard and few in between to find, um, you know, good black therapists or there's a need. There's a need. like you said,
0: like you said, good psychologists in general. Like I've right. had so many psychologists in my life. To be real with you, I've had some pretty crappy psychologists. Like yeah. I'm just to be yeah. real with you, yeah. like they would side with one parent or they would go against me. And like you really don't see a psychologist that sits down and really tries to focus and hone in because of their biases, right?
1: Right, right. I get what you mean, girl. I get. But you know what? I'm not. I, I'm not even going to knock it, girl. Because we need the help. You know yeah. what I mean? We need a help, so get, let's get a help. I mean, um, oh, and, and it goes back to saying that psychologists, they're human too, so they'll make mistakes, and they're not perfect, ah, but they, that's can, not they, true. They, they can definitely help help us. I'm not going to knock it and say it. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, because I don't want people to feel, I don't want any of our listeners to feel like, oh, well, damn, if there's no good psychologist, why the hell should I go? I like,
1: know, <laughs> right, but they're, defi- they're definitely good psychologists. You know I, I what I mean? They're definitely a good there but we're just saying that, that, that that's, a, that's a barrier to overcome why a lot of black persons don't get help. You know, that's all exactly. we're saying.
0: Exactly. You know? And I want you guys to know that don't be, you know, don't be afraid to, if you don't like your psychologist, don't assume that that one psychologist are like all the psychologists. All right. And if you go to a second one or a third one or a fourth one, it's like having a relationship or a friendship with someone. You're not always going to vibe. It's,
1: it's, like a, it's like your doctor. It's like your doctor. Like, if you don't like your doctor, your doctor. change your doctor because... If you don't like your doctor you don't have a good relationship, you don't trust that person to treat you. So it's just the same, exactly. you know? And then, girl, exactly. you know, going into the next barrier, homelessness. Oh, my God. I know this touched home for you, girl. Yes, so yes. 40% of the homeless population are Black in America. Wow. Blacks are make up 40% of the homeless population. So I'm going to leave it to you, girl.
0: Yeah. Like, my experience is dealing with homelessness. Um, yeah. It's it's really sad. A lot of people of color. When I was homeless, I was staying in a, a temporary homeless shelter, which was very clean and it was very warm around the blizzard time, and it was very like, you know, it was it wasn't as if like a lot of people would watch, you know, um, what's that movie with Will Smith? Um, the pursuit of happiness. Yeah. yeah. Um, it wasn't like the pursuit of happiness at all. It was, I was very fortunate and blessed to have a lot of great social workers um, and the advocate at my time, Stormy, in my corner. And shout out to Stormy. She definitely, We. she just sent me a text the other day. I know she helped, she helped you up. a lot, girl. She's I know she helped so you a beautiful. lot. Yeah. But, you know, I just want to let you guys know that it was rough. It was rough. I, have literally never been in a situation where I've had like no place to go um and so it does something to you and especially when I was pregnant with Phoenix at the time I was going through a lot of anxiety um, not only that I just felt like you get scared and you feel like nobody cares right you feel like you're not worth anything and that was my mindset at the time because you feel like, wow, I don't have a home. Nobody wants to help me, and then I must not be worthy of living, right? Right. And so, there. And of course, I've t- discussed this on my channel. I've dealt with depression and anxiety, and I also had, you know, two suicide attempts in my life. Oh man. And uh, a lot of people ask me, like, damn, like, how did you not go through that when you were pregnant? And the first thing is because of my baby. You know, Phoenix was in my stomach and, you know, I couldn't imagine taking yeah, my life yeah. because it would take her life too. Yeah. Um, and then at the same time, I loved Eva so much too. Right. So I couldn't leave her and I really fought through that because I had to be strong for my girls. There were times where I had to take the subways. I, I've never taken the tunnel. <laughs> I say the tunnel because I'm, I'm a New Yorker. Somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but i've never taken the tunnel by myself and to take come from a california experience of driving all the time to now like taking transit systems and the trains and like I had to buy an Apple Watch at the time. I had to like ha- use my phone for Google, you know, Google Maps and all that, just so I can learn where to go. And then I had to on the low low ask people where to go because I didn't want to be too loud and seem like I wasn't from there because I was afraid somebody's gonna jump me or pit pocket me. <laughs> you know what I'm
1: saying? Oh man, so, while pregnant, right? Man. While
0: pregnant, and then I had. A stroller and so I was like 30 what 32 or 34 weeks pregnant holding a stroller and trying to walk a stroller up the stairs and I just want to shout out thank all the people that were so sweet um I'm tearing up real real talk right now thinking about. about it right yeah um for all the people that were just random strangers that helped like grab the stroller and like help bring the stroller up with me and for me um that mean that meant the world to me at the time because it was hard and symbolically I felt like that was just where my life took me like I felt like random people helped me get to where I needed to get to and like help me climb those hard battles and struggles right? right and that's why I chose that's why today I choose the field of social work because I want to be that person to help someone else um, overcome because I know what it's like to feel like you're you have nothing and so you identify as being that thing but it took a lot of Fragility and resiliency and hope and Counter Blessings K with everyone like you, like you, Candace, and so many other people who've helped encourage me get through that. Because if I didn't have Counter Blessings K, you guys, I don't even know how I would have gone through what I've gone through. I don't don't even know. It was so
1: powerful, girl. I remember that episode where I sat and watched your episode where you talked about your attempt with suicide and that was so Oh my goodness that was just so revealing and so real and so raw you know so I can definitely see where you said that you know YouTube was definitely your outlet you know yeah. and your support system too because I remember all the ladies and stuff on YouTube you know what I mean so man yeah man.
0: and like shout out to all the ladies and men out there that helped support because you guys helped like when I didn't have like much for Phoenix because I was homeless and I didn't have much money you guys went and you know you bought stuff on Amazon gift registry and I had a whole bunch of diapers oh you, you remember you
1: remember the baby clothes. shower <laughs> the baby shower you know that? The baby
0: Yeah, <laughs> that was so cute yeah I remember girl just meant the world to me and i just want to say thank you so much and it was just such a powerful and beautiful experience that a lot of people say well would you go through it again i definitely would because it made me stronger and before before counter blessings k you guys i was always a person to get pushed around so i was really really yeah
1: oh girl i would never figure that with you (laughs) i figured out do oh my goodness wow I
0: wow real, real. i was an extreme introvert right oh, I was always taught i was always taught that my voice doesn't matter yeah. and like i wasn't yeah. taught like like the importance of speaking up and like yeah. thinking questioning i was just like shut up and just do what i say right God. and so i finally just I feel like i broke i broke out like
1: you it's know, funny how, how an experience like that actually made you stronger that's i mean yeah. it, it, i mean it, it either breaks you or make you right man exactly. man I mean, but it's it's crazy how you could draw from that and it, wow wow yeah it's
0: it, it, it comes to a point like you know for me when you go through something like something really, they call it traumatic, right? Uh Like homelessness, or you go through, like, cancer, Uh or you go through something, a very life-changing event right mm-hmm. they, they call it like breaking bad or mm-hmm. when you break like mm-hmm. when you break mm-hmm. you know? a breaking point right and I and I reached my breaking point you know mm-hmm. I, I I rightfully claimed my voice and when I used counter blessings k I think I went gung-ho with it You know what I'm saying? There's, <laughs> a, there's a lot of stuff there that I'm like yikes I was mad <laughs> I was mad oh, everybody yeah. <laughs> Everybody got the fuck oh, word. Oh my god. Fuck you, oh fuck, my you god. fuck you. I don't give a fuck what you do too. Like <laughs> I was like, whoa. Oh
2: my goodness.
0: But I needed to show me being real. I didn't want people to think I was never gonna come on Control Blessings K and be like everything is good. I'm just praying And at this point, you know, I guess you
1: figured I, that, at this point, you figured that I don't have anything to lose. I'm already homeless. So whatever, right? you know? Exactly,
0: I was like, what you what you gonna do next? You know what I'm saying? You already kicked me out,
1: <laughs> 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 you know?
0: Right, I was like, what you gonna do next? You know? And more so, I wanted to expose on Count Your Blessings K, I wanted to show the real truth because I was tired of every time because just like I said earlier, I went back to my Jamaican side of the family, and it was been told that I'm some crazy, ape shit type person right. that needs to be All like right. in an in an right. institution. Right. Like when they saw me, and that was just me. Like I, I can ignored. just imagine
1: the stigma that you had to bear from your suicide attempts. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I can. And they just. Man. They looked at me like they looked at me like, well, damn, like somebody lying over here. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my <laughs> god. Camille over oh here. God. She's just for her. Like a lot of people were looking at me. Like also, like damn. Like you've been through a lot for you to still have a smile on your face and yeah. you like a decent presence. Yeah. Of course I am yeah. because I I have to learn throughout that whole experience. I have to learn to forgive other people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it's a and part for healing. healing.
1: Right.
0: Right. Right. It's a part of healing. Don't forget what they did. Right. Yeah. Because if you do yeah, that, because, then because, you're because forgiving be, is not
1: for, forget or how does it go? Forgiven is not forgetting. Right. right yeah
0: and then you also got to look at you know what how do you move forward right and so you know moving forward a lot of going to the next topic a lot of churches believe in this perspective of giving it to jesus like oh you're going through depression give it to jesus and pray about it now i don't knock i have my own perspectives about religion you know i i've talked and discussed this with my grandma she thought i she she asked me let me tell you candace my mo- my grandma's like you need to read your Bible. Yeah, talk, yeah. You, know, yeah. Right? You, you need to
1: pray. You need to read your Bible. Yeah, nothing's <laughs> wrong.
0: With you can never read your yeah. Bible. This is not. about your Bible. Yeah. And I said, Grandma, I, I I get you, but I'm not really feeling Christian. Uh, uh, and, like, and and even not that
1: because you know I mean um religion definitely has its place. But religion can be a tool for you to overcome for you to overcome oh, yeah. um um a mental illness. But what we're saying is that um, the, 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 the perception of give it to Jesus and pray, pray about it, that alone is not sufficient oftentimes. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. I like, think there are a lot of support. stuff that, that we need to be
1: perfect to. There are other means. There's therapy, there's exercise, there's peer support groups. There it, We're just saying that, and it, and it takes us back to our next barrier, lack of knowledge. You know what I mean? So because yeah. we're in a black I society, mm-hmm.
0: I think it's more of the lack of knowledge i think people weigh so heavily on faith yes. that they forget yes there's certain yes. things that you can't control yes. like not nothing can't control but there's certain But i mean but that- i mean it,
1: it comes back to can't control because a lot of mental illnesses are biological you see know what i'm saying yeah so you can't control that it, it, it's just a part of you it's a part of who you yeah. are so you can't control that and they're gonna say well uh what did i do is god punishing me you know what i mean yeah did, 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 what, what what did I do? Did, did did my parents did something wrong? Why why do I have this this punishment then? You know what I mean? And yeah, because you know we see it as a weakness, right? We see it as a weakness. We see it as being weak, and there's just no place for it, especially you know in the church. Sometimes there's no place for mental and illnesses because something's wrong with me. you, right? Man. for me
0: what i what i really didn't like about like and just let me be real what i really struggle with even to this day with like the church system and christianity is it's not the fact of the bible it's not the fact of jesus it's like some of the things in the bible i'm just like wow that's like really terrible like i've read the bible front and back five times mm-hmm. uh, the entire bible from the beginning oh, wow. to the end
2: oh, wow. five
0: times and oh, i've wow. also done like biblical theological studies on like making sure the bible is like referenced and like if there's evidentiary support like and like theoretical like uh i would call it uh bible theology backed by Mm -hmm. anthropology Mm -hmm. so i've done i'd like really like to do my research on something when i really want to believe in it Mm -hmm. and it's hard for me to conceptualize knowing that the bible has missing books knowing that the bible has been revised by different versions King james version and all this um and then knowing the politics on why it was revised like, that's how I think. I'm not going right. to just right. believe something to do it. Like, right. I need to know. You know right. A little I, bit I, 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 I get what you're and, saying, girl, but guess what? I'm then, just saying that. And then, like, and then the colonize, the during, like, colonize, colonialization of, like, civilizing the, you know, Christianizing and civilizing the black, you know, the black primitives, uh, how we were perceived, it really. Pisses me off because the Bible was used as a weapon to psychologically distort, distort us. Course, and so course. I that's where I have my issue with the Bible. Do I believe in God? Of course. I don't believe in the fucking Big Bang Theory. It's impossible for everything, for us to be on this earth, animals to be on this earth, for our stratosphere, our atmosphere, everything. To oh, be and, and we, started, we started
1: from a dust particle, by the way. Oh, we did <laughs> not start from a <laughs> dust
0: particle. I think I think
1: God started us from a dust particle. Oh, that's, that's, all, let's, that's all crazy. And and we had we had the right amount of this and the right amount of that and then suddenly life just formed, you know, like what? It,
0: <laughs> Do you you just, just, it, it just doesn't happen by chance. You don't make a baby by chance. You know what I'm saying? Right, you don't right. get pregnant by chance. So right. I feel like there has to be a maker. And right. you know Okay, you know what? Let, let's, 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 let's not
1: get into the religious aspect of it. <laughs> not about that. All we're saying yeah. though, all I'm saying is that religion plays a part and each to his own, honestly when it comes on to religion, but sometimes that's not enough. Like praying and giving it to Jesus, it definitely helps. But there are other means out there that we need as a community to inform ourselves off, so that we can go and get the help we need. You know what I mean? Exactly. For example, you know when I when I started um, showing symptoms of postpartum depression, it was my husband who was able to point it out to me. Like, listen, I think you you have postpartum depression. I'm like, what? No. You know what I mean? So it just shows that as a community, we need to be more um, knowledgeable. So that we can one help ourselves, but we can also help others. You know what I mean?
2: Nice.
1: So the nice. next barrier is um, socioeconomic. You know, as black people, we often have financial issues that probably suffers from getting mental health assistance. You know what I mean? No health wow. insurance. You know what I mean? That's a big one. And if you don't have a if you don't have health insurance, then you have to pay for therapy up front, Maybe in a lot of cases. So definitely, these are some barriers that can us as black people from getting the help that we
0: need wow i i love how you just subbed everything up like those are big barriers that we need to figure out great solutions to and i think those solutions are they happen on a very big macro level i think those go with what you stated earlier like advocacy right right. and and informing a lot of these big head people in our political sphere that make big laws and, and decisions with our laws and how we are, are are able to be governed and also how we carry on our lives dealing with these issues i think we need to definitely take a stance and reach out to a lot of you know a lot of programs reach out to a lot of ad- advocacy groups Show how you can make an impact and it's definitely your voice is important and it needs to be heard. And power is better with numbers. So if you have the same view with someone else and you feel strongly about it, stand for it. Right. You know, don't just right. uh, don't just view the problem. Let's figure out some solutions. And it goes back to talking
1: up and and mental health issues. Like you have to share your story. That's how we end the stigma. You know what I mean? So
0: Yep. We gotta share our stories because we're not alone. And so we're going to move on to our next and our final segment. I'm so excited. Uh, We're going to cover basically our solutions and what we need to definitely work towards and what we need to break break free from in order for us to succeed and be mentally healthy. We've done some really good, uh, good diving. We've done
1: some damage, huh?
0: (laughs) (laughs) We've been there. <laughs> oh my goodness! Y'all know my dark humor. Y'all know, um, but yeah, like I'm, I'm really excited about this, and and more so. I want to talk just the pre-colonial and post-colonial perspective of mental health. We've also covered uh, basically the current mental health situations, as far as like the barriers that we have within the Black community and mental health, and now we're going to talk about some possible solutions. Um, one of the solutions that I definitely want to bring up is being able to be real with yourself and reflect. Um, a lot of people want to be in denial because, of course, of reasons we've already stated, right? A lot of people are afraid of, like, the stick. Right. A lot of people are afraid of being perceived as, like, crazy. Right. But right? well, you know
1: what, though, girl? Sometimes, it's- to be honest, too, though, when you when you're suffering from a mental illness, it's hard to be real with yourself. Let's just be real. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? It's hard to be real with yourself because... <laughs> Your your it, mind is in a different yeah. state. You know what I mean, but it, depend, it depends. It depends on. Is. I mean, I, I definitely see what you're saying, but you have to be mindful too. That it's often hard when you're in, when you're being affected by a mental illness to be real. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you know what? I never thought about that, sis. And I think you you cover a great point there. Like it's really hard for you. To because because let's
1: talk about depression. Let's talk about depression. We both have experiences with depression, right? Postpartum depression, yeah. um, regular depression, you know? So I remember when I was depressed and I was told constantly, snap out of it, snap out of it. You know that word snap out of it? Like, really? <laughs> like, you know, you're just wow. supposed to turn it on and off and you're there. I mean, you're the one that's depressed. You're the one that's in the bed. You're the one that can't get up. And if it was that easy, we would have done it, right? But it's not. If I'm saying it's not that easy, so it often goes yeah. beyond that. So talking about postpartum depression, let's talk about our experience with that, you know?
0: You know what, sis? This is why I love having you on Big Mouth Black Girl podcast because everything that Candace just stated, you guys, is so real. My experience of postpartum depression, um, very similar. I mean, I have been through also two very severe car accidents where I got hit both times at a stop. stop Oh man. At a stoplight, I should say. Oh wow. Really hard. And that does neurological things. It's called chronic traumatic encephalopathy, right? Oh man. Uh, CTE. So that no one really examined CTE with me. Right. Mm -hmm. And because when, even when I was hospitalized uh, for my suicide attempt, no one looked at my brain like the way that we do so, so, the way that we look at and, and the way that we help individuals yep. with mental health issues, yep. even with the system. Yep. needs to. Con- I think it needs to be reevaluated.
1: Yep. A lot of things are glossed over sometimes, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And and it, and I look back and I'm like, damn, that could have also attributed to my postpartum. I remember oh, when Eva was born um, and she was born not breathing. My first daughter. Oh, my goodness. She was? Not, yeah. She was born. Not oh, my
2: breathing.
0: God. My ex was in the room with me because we were still kind of together, mm-hmm, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he was standing by me and um, he saw my stomach being cut open and everything. I had to get mm. an, an emergency C-section and I was still awake. Uh, from the drugs and I asked him I said is everything okay and he said everything's good he's like they're opening up your stomach they're doing he was talking to me and telling me what they were doing Mm -hmm. I was appreciating that and then when they pulled the baby out I looked at Ike and Ike looked worried oh man I asked the doctors I said how come I don't hear her crying you know I want to hear her is she I don't hear her crying and the doctor said one second one second hold on oh man and then I kept asking and nobody was answering me. And then I see like a whole team of doctors and nurses rush over to like in a NICU area that they have in the corner of the hospital room. And I can't see my daughter. I just see doctors and nurses and I don't hear her crying. Mm. And then I'm just like freaking out and I, and I look at Ike and I'm like my ex and I'm like, he's, he looks so torn. He, oh my he looks goodness. like he wants to stay with me, but then he looks like he was.
1: Right. right.
0: He was like, it, I just saw it in his eyes. And I said, just go with her. I will be fine. Just make sure she's okay. He goes over to her. And I guess the doctors and the nurses did something. I think it's CPR. I'm not sure. But um, she started coughing and breathing and screaming. And I was just instantly in tears and I asked the doctors if I could see her, and the doctors are like, "We gotta, we gotta take her to." I was like, "Uh uh uh uh, y'all not gonna take my baby. I'm gonna see what my baby looks like. Exactly. Yep. You ain't gonna gonna bring no random. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. So I was like, "I want to see my baby. This don't steal this from me. You Mm -hmm. know, this is part of me being a fucking mom." Mm -hmm. And so I, they brought her to me, and of course I'm upside down because I'm on the bed, you know, and. Phoenix, I mean, Eva, I see her little face and she looks at, she looks at me like, oh my God, are you my mom? (laughs) Stankest face ever. (laughs) And and instantly I fell in love, right? And so they took her away for like a little bit and then I got transferred into like triage and then they brought her over to me and that's when we bonded and we did skin to skin and then she breastfed and that was beautiful, but because of that experience of her not breathing, the whole time, my anxiety was through the roof. Okay, girl. So, I remember not sleeping for days.
2: Oh man! Because
0: then they start freaking me out, talking about infant uh, death syndrome and oh, shit. Man. I was like, Oh, oh man! God. Like my kid almost died. Like, why are you telling me this? And I couldn't sleep. Like, yeah, it was really bad. So, yeah.
1: so you? Oh my goodness! Like, you brought up a great, a great, a great point, girl. Because okay, so. We have a wide range of mental illnesses that are called maternal mental illnesses, right? And these are mental illnesses that affect you while you're pregnant or after you have a child. So we're coming around to postpartum depression and we're understanding it more, but oftentimes we don't understand the other illnesses such as postpartum anxiety, postpartum OCD, postpartum psychosis, and postpartum stress disorder. So, girl, wow. I think that's what you were experiencing because you had a traumatic birth experience. You see what I'm yeah. saying? And man, that, I, I've never heard this bird, this story about Eva's birth. By the way, this is crazy. <laughs> yeah.
0: This is crazy,
1: girl. It, like, man, but it
0: was it was rough. I mean, I would, and then I, little things would happen. Like sometimes she would like, you know, like she sometimes like she would. Fl- I would put, put her in the boppy, and one time she like first down Mm -hmm. because she didn't know how to like hold herself up she was still a little baby Mm -hmm. and I remember freaking out like I remember running over to where she was at and I remember like thinking in my head oh my god did she die oh my god did she die and then I would have certain dreams at night that were like more like nightmares. And it's funny. It's funny. Like like like, oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. Like I I turned my back. I was giving her a bath I turned my back. And those
1: are called those are called like intrusive thoughts, girl. Like you're thinking and you just see something crazy happen to your baby. I was in the middle of nowhere. That's a that's a good symptom of postpartum depression. But and that's the thing, like you had a mixture of anxiety, postpart post traumatic stress disorder, postpartum depression. And that's a crazy thing with mental illnesses. They can exist together you know what i mean so yeah. and that's one issue too when you when you were talking about like the um the methods that we use to evaluate mental illnesses you know that's why i guess that's why that's your that's your pick with them sometimes like you're not assessed properly but the truth too is that these 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 illnesses overlap you know what i mean
0: wow. so it takes a process so like, it's a process to you know they're like comorbid
1: right? yes they are they are girl wow they are
0: wow they are and it's like my mind, mind-blowing me Candice because I'm learning so much from you and I'm like wow it's like all making sense now and that just brings us to our na- our next point like it's okay to talk to friends it's okay to see if you don't like even if you're like I don't know if this is normal or whatnot just don't be afraid to say this is what I'm experiencing
1: but you know what on the flip side of that Camille we have to be more respectful Too, we have to learn to listen. You know, we can't be that judge a friend that oh, your friend tells you she's going through something. We have to learn to because, girl, listen. I had a best friend during this time, and between her and my husband, my husband is a guy, so he's more critical sometimes, just because of their practical nature and how they think. But my Mm -hmm. best friend was there for me. She was there for me. I could tell her anything that I would go that I was going through, and she was not judgmental. You know what I mean? And for oh. me, that played a major part in my healing just to know that wow. you had this person in your back pocket that you could talk to. And sometimes I'm like, girl, you must be tired of me, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and she's like, no, she's like, no, I'm not. I, I, I'm, like, sometimes I didn't want to tell her stuff. And she's like, no, you need to talk to me. I understand the importance of you talking. So it goes back to having the support system, you know, and it goes yeah. back to being that friend. Like, it's yeah, we need to talk, but we need to train ourselves in society, a society members, too, to listen. We don't listen enough half the time, especially to somebody who has a mental health issue. You know what I mean? Mm,
0: mm. Say a word, sis. <laughs> yes. I'm like about to say amen. <laughs> For real, because it's like we don't listen enough. I think we, we just, we don't listen. And I think that's because we don't, like if we care enough, right? If we mm-hmm. really care enough, we will mm-hmm. listen mm-hmm. we will try to see what that person's going through and how we can help them not how we can make it worse and, and you know
1: is, mm-hmm.
0: you know in my family my mom is not only a jamaican she's also in the military my dad is in the military. oh man
1: oh and so man I have two
0: military parents
1: To so talk about tough love growing up huh
0: right oh, okay Like the hospital corner bed sheets
1: okay? oh my goodness man
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: girl you need God. to write your book for real though because you know, sometimes you're like, should I say everything? But it's going to help somebody, girl. It's going to help know, somebody.
0: I've always said, I, I don't want to write my book for just people. I don't want to write my book for, yeah. for Oprah. I don't want to just write my book so Oprah can read my book and be like, I'm going to give you $20 million. Oh, right. that would be really nice. Right. Right. Um, I will want to write my book for my kids, you know, yeah. because I don't yeah. want them to hear any other story from any other person. Yeah, I, want yeah. Them I definitely get
1: them. that, girl. I definitely you know? get that. I definitely get that, man.
0: And then last but not least, we not only talk to your friends, read books. You know, we have the accessibility to read. We have Google at our fingertips. Like literally we can open up our Safari or our web browser or whatever, and type in, you know, uh, mental illness uh, paternity or like, you know, mental illness paternity. And then then that's the thing too,
1: like uh, like, mental illness paternity, postpartum depression. Dad suffer from postpartum depression too, girl. (laughs) It's not just moms like dads are affected. So, you know, there's this term that I've learned working in the mental health field or, you know, going around those who are more professional in the mental health field. And one word I've learned is toolbox. So the toolbox is a, you know, a typical toolbox like a carpenter has. But what's in this toolbox is different strategies that you found individually that work for you. You know what I mean? So journaling, when I was going through my depression, journaling definitely helped because it's a way of getting everything out, getting it on paper, getting it out of your head, you know, Yeah. and then exercise. That's a great one to go in there too. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, eating healthy. Eating healthy. There you go. Eating healthy. What else can we come up with? Like, cause I mean, this is yeah. supposed to be, you know what I mean? Like, healthy. eating. Mm-hmm.
0: I think journaling. I think oh, and talk about can
1: you talk about yoga, girl? Yoga, <laughs> can you talk about yes. yoga? Yeah, I love
0: yoga. You guys, I used to practice yoga all the time, and I remember I used to practice yoga when this is before I had Fifi, and I was practicing really, really in depth. I was working with a yogi, mm-hmm. and I wanted to learn and find my own yoga experience, and mm-hmm. it's very spiritual connection with mm-hmm. like yourself and you reaching a situation where you're in like like going with buddha buddha mm-hmm. if you guys know the history of buddha he was like basically a prince and he had everything he could snap his fingers and ask for like i don't know chocolate covered strawberries and they would be ready for him to <laughs>
1: Sorry, sure, strawberries you know what i'm saying like
0: <laughs> some random right 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 uh, i'm i'm struggling with this 30 day no sugar detox don't judge do <laughs> <it. laughs>
1: oh my goodness
0: um, uh, but it's doing really well. But even
1: but even that girl stuff like that, like um, like a detox, detox.
0: yeah. Not, not only not yep. only just that, like you guys find my biggest thing is once you realize and once you 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 know that you have or you're dealing with a mental illness.
1: Ah, um, there you go, girl. That, that that's what my point. That I was gonna say, start educating your yourself. Is, yep. Yeah, yeah.
0: Researching and then learn after, like you said, do your journaling. Learn yep. about yourself, and then sometimes a lot of mental illness earlier in a previous segment they're attributed by they can be attributed by times right so there was a situation and i have not ever i've never i have not ever lord (laughs) (laughs) whenever i get nervous i start like twisting over my tongue but Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i have not been able to say this on counter blessings k because i i think i tried talking about it Mm -hmm. but because I was already going through a situation of homelessness, mm-hmm. I felt like you know how you reach your breaking point. You're like, I, this is a little too much that I can handle mentally.
2: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: And I went through and I've dealt with um, oh my goodness. I was raped as a child when I was six and I also suffered from being raped as uh, an adult in college.
1: Oh my goodness.
0: And oh my goodness. it is the um, worst thing that any uh human being could ever go through. Um, it um it makes you feel a certain way about yourself and attribute that with homelessness. You're just like damn, you know?
1: <laughs> man, man, but you know what, girl, and, like
0: mm-hmm. and for me it's more so like, you know. I would notice when I would get depressed, Candace. this is real talk, mm-hmm. real, real talk, real mm-hmm. talk. I would get depressed. Like, I was good for, like, other months, but then once I start getting towards, like, October, November, I start, like, getting really, really depressed. Like, September, October, November, I start feeling
1: depressed. Yeah. Like, really bad, girl. Yep.
0: And then, like, Freshman. and then also, I also get depressed around, like, like february march right and i'm just like why do i get depressed during these time frames like is it the seasonal change a lot of people say seasonal changes and i finally looked at it i was like well let me think
1: oh my goodness
0: traumatic event where happened? happens oh my goodness. And, and during those two, two during those, those two times i was you know i experienced sexual violence oh my goodness and when you think about that you're like oh my god like that your body remembers Girl, the time your psyche. of your yep. trauma. Yep. It is so mind-blowing.
1: Girl, like, so like I had a similar experience. You... Nothing crazier to that. But like, I remember like when I just came here, a year after I came here, like I legit thought that I was having a heart attack. But it turns out it was more to the, to the, to the side of a panic attack. And I'm like, it, it was just a random day. And I'm like, what the hell is happening? Girl, it was the eve of my father's death. And I didn't even remember.
0: Oh, my God. So, you
1: see, you talk about memory and where your psyche is in. Oh, my goodness, girl.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Chills. I'm getting chills right now. Girl. A lot of people fail to realize the whole perspective that your mind is so complex. Like, we are covering in classes. We're looking and diving into, like, the ego and the super ego Mm -hmm. and the id and And all that. that Yep. yeah Yeah, we're looking into that and it's it's interesting to see how there's so many different levels of consciousness to your mind oh my
1: goodness yep
0: and and this is brings us kind of back real quick to what we talked about in pre-colonialization. I've wanted to see a shaman, a Native American shaman, mm-hmm. um, for a long time. First and foremost, my dad on my dad's side. I know every black person says, this, "Oh, I got Cherokee in my family." Like, no, but for, <laughs> like <laughs> but for real, for real, I've got real Native American in my family. Like my dad's mom's mom was Native American. Like, oh, cool. You cool. know what I'm saying? And I have right. pictures to prove. Like, oh, <laughs> oh so, wow. You know, it's, it's interesting. Like, and, and for me, I wanted to see a shaman because they said, like, a shaman experience is so amazing because you go through a sweat lodge. They do, like, a cleansing. And you talk oh, to man. the shaman as, like, a mentor. So you talk to them and you let them know what you've gone through, your trauma, whatever. And then you go through the ceremonial cleanse. A lot of people may not like this and they might not agree with it, but I don't give a shit. I do. They go through a peyote experience and they do oh, peyote wow. in the middle of the desert. And there's like usually rocks or something, so you don't get lost. And you go through your experiences, you go through a transit state, and whatever you go through, you go through it, but you're not going through it alone. You have your shaman there, and then you also were equipped with what you will possibly go through in your journey. And a lot of things a lot of people have stated when they've gone through their peyote experience is that they've they feel so cleansed, they feel like they feel a weight lifted off of their soul a lot of them
1: and they said they
0: they went through a traumatic part in their journey and they went through that and they feel so triumphant that they overcame it and it's like so beautiful like it's it's this internal battle that they're not battling anymore and that's something I was just like wow I really want to you know learn about it and experience it and even if I don't do the peyote which I probably would do um but you know you brought up an
1: important point like you know how we were growing with a religious experience being christians a lot of persons like you say would look down on that yeah but this is an important point to make your mental health is your mental health you have to do what works for you you see what i'm saying that so if that's if that's what is that's what is that's what's going to help you power to you power to it you see what i'm trying to say like yeah. i remember at one point i was telling my therapist that i was doing Vitamins and I'm like, I don't know if it's working. I don't know if it's that, but it feels like it's working. She's like, who cares? It's working. (laughs) You know what I mean? Exactly. Right. Right. And and that's the thing. As a society, like, man, if it's something that's helping you, why should anybody else care? You see what I'm trying to say? Like, man, man. So, so coming back to the mental illness, girl. Like, so we have to, we have to understand that mental illnesses exist. You know, yeah. mental illnesses is an illness like any other illness. It's an illness like cancer. It's an illness like diabetes. But there's so much stigma that surrounds it. That surrounds it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we have to educate ourselves. And another important thing, like, if you're listening to this podcast and you would like to know more about mental illnesses, like like, like Kay said, Google it. But there is a great course called the Mental Health First Aid. It is a first aid course, wow. like, a, like a, you know, first aid courses that we do in the health system and whatever, but it's for mental health. So it trains you to understand the different mental illnesses that there are, and it teaches you how to identify when somebody's going through a mental health crisis and the steps that you can take to help that person, you know? So that's definitely wow. something that you guys can look into, mental health first aid, and find a class close to you. It's an eight-hour class, and it is truly amazing.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Thank you for that resource, because I'm definitely going to check it out myself, because, you know, you can never know, like, a person who says, like, I know everything about it, like, they don't know shit. you You can never not learn a lot, like, even the things you thought you knew, there's always culture is evolving, knowledge is evolving. And so the same things you thought you knew 10 years ago are completely different to today. Yeah. So you cannot be transfixed on one And you know thing. what, girl? When
1: we're talking about knowing better, doing better, and the things that we can do, let us not downplay therapy.
0: Therapy yeah, is extremely
1: important.
0: Therapy, like, like, Kate, like, Candice, like you said, like, you know, we are not downplaying therapy. And I want to just re- definitely go back to that. I have had my own bad experiences with psychologists, but like I stated, it's not that one psychologist or that second or that third right, or fourth right. that makes psychology bad, or right. makes therapy bad. Right. You just have to find the doctor for you. Just like Candace said, it's just like finding a doctor. Or a and, and guys, you, you don't know, am
1: like mental therapy—it's scary. It's scary as hell it's the first time, but it's helpful you know what i mean it's helpful exactly. because you know a lot of times too we need more help and that's the next thing we need more help we we tend to try to fix ourselves but sometimes we need more than that we need the help of a therapist you know because a therapist yeah. actually teaches us how to change our thoughts you know what i mean exactly. they teach cognitive behavioral therapy you know or sometimes we need a yeah. medicine to help us along so you know there are different yeah. resources out there guys we just need to be more educated and to find the thing that truly works for us
0: and mainly also, not only being privy to like seeking therapy, uh, utilizing your friends as a support system, yep. and then also, you know, trying to do some research, once you are in the know, and you're woke to your own illness and to your own isms or the things that you're going through, the best bet, the best thing to do is understand those signs for when depression comes, right? Because sometimes it's chronic depression, like my depression, I know my frames would Like I stated earlier, because of my sexual violence that I experienced as a child and as an adult. So I know on a calendar, oh, it's going to be really hard these months, you know. And so I have to make sure that, you know, I'm definitely meditating. I'm definitely working out. I'm definitely reaching out to friends and making sure that I realize the signs and recognize the signs of depression. Right. Anyone or. who deals with depression, they know that it feels like a weight is being placed on. Oh my you. goodness!
1: You feel it's like, painful. Like the, it's, it's painful. Not... Depression it's is pain. physically painful. Like it, it's not for somebody to like. Unless you've been depressed, you don't understand that. There's a weight. There's literally a weight on you. <laughs> there's literally a weight on you. It is crazy, girl. It's crazy
0: it is and you don't like sunlight you don't want to get up. you yep. don't want to do anything yep. you don't. and it's it's that depression that you really feel like wow like i it's 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 really bad and you can you know the symptoms you know that it's coming once you realize <laughs> understanding once we realize what our mental health issues are where they are you know what's the onset of it what causes it right then we'll be able to better live with it because sometimes let's just be real. These mental illnesses or these things that we've gone through, and I call them um, traumatic events, or or you could even say uh, post post trauma. Mm-hmm. Oh, hold on, hold on. Let me let me pause and restate it again. It's called uh, childhood trauma
2: mm-hmm.
0: and traumatic events that mm-hmm. we face. Okay. So you guys, I just want to let you know that, you know what? Once you, uh, <laughs> my brain is fried. Once you talk and once you're thinking yeah, girl. for a whole yep. hour, your brain yep. is like, yo, I wasn't met for yep. all
1: this.
0: <laughs> I need oh a rest. The it's been closer like to
1: two hours, by the way. Okay.
0: <laughs> right? Yep. Two hours. Yep. Lord. Okay. So you guys, one stick. Uh, let's do it at 340. Exactly. So once you realize that you have a mental illness and you understand what it's caused by, um, if you can look at the history, kind of look at, okay, what are some childhood trauma events that you possibly experienced? Or what is, you know, some traumatic events that you possibly face or postpartum uh, is, is also sometimes attributed by childhood trauma as well? Because stated earlier like it can be comorbid so you can not only go through one thing but you can go through a multitude of illnesses at the same time and you need to try to figure out the history of what these feelings where they came from where they stepped from right and so once you realize that once you're able to accept that you will be able to move forward with coping mechanisms. Now, a lot of people who deal with a lot of post-trauma, they're not able to just completely get over it. And so that's why we discussed the give it to Jesus is not necessarily effective because giving it to Jesus doesn't take it away from your psychosis, right? right? When we discussed how our bodies can physiologically go, like we'll start feeling sad or we'll have panic attacks, right? During certain time frames but we mentally may not be thinking about it. And that's something that giving it to Jesus doesn't necessarily help with. And so we need to realize that some things may be with us for the rest of our lives and we have to accept it, right? But we also have to develop coping mechanisms to move forward and live healthy lives, right? And so those coping mechanisms can be journaling, definitely seeking therapy, right? But also coping mechanisms on your own, like we stated earlier, meditation, hearing your thoughts, listening to yourself, listening to the world around you grounding, definitely doing things that make you happy, make you smile, that are healthy for you. Um, And also, you know, anything that makes you feel like, you know what, I'm going to definitely do this because it's helping me and it makes me release any type of frustration or sadness or anxiety that I'm going through that's something that you definitely want to do to help you get through those hard times
1: right because healing healing is a personal matter and it's gonna look different for everybody else like for example some persons are for medication some persons are are against medication but it all it comes down to an individual preference and what works for you you know what I
0: mean so mm-hmm. most definitely so yeah I think I think we, you guys we've we covered a lot oh we did (laughs) but i do want to know like what are some technological advancements that could possibly help us like do you have
1: yes girl so i came across the most amazing app and it is called the safe place so safe place like safe house the safe place and it's an app that's available on android and iphone and it's pretty much a that was created for black persons by a black person but get this it is completely centered around mental health so the creator is Jasmine Pear, and she's had experiences with mental health mental health issues and what Mm -hmm. this does you know how we're talking about how we have to educate ourselves and we have to talk about um, symptoms and we talk about girl get this she has a part in it that says what to do when church members don't understand
2: <laughs> wow
1: so how does that tie back into your topic right so Woo. this app it listen it is it is a great app it covers a lot it covers self-care it covers statistics it covers descriptions it covers books and classes it covers resources and listen this was created like i said by a black person for a black person so we could So we could understand better this mental illness, you know, um, situation that we have going on here. So, girl, this app is a gem and you guys should go on over and check it out. It's called The Safe Place.
0: Nice. Oh my goodness. I'm going to check that out too. The safe list. Mm-hmm. So you guys, everything that we've discussed as far as any resources that I'm definitely going to post them on my social media uh, because I want you guys to have availability to these resources. Right. And I know you guys are probably listening at work or you're driving and you don't have time to write this down. Right. So I'm going to post everything that we've discussed. Um, If you have any questions um, or if you need to speak to somebody dealing with anything, first and foremost, if you have, if you need help, definitely try to call the suicide prevention hotline. Okay. Because that is something that, you know, I've dealt with and I've called that number (laughs) many times, you know, so I've had to call them and let them know like, Hey, I'm, you know, struggling and I really don't feel like there's a reason. You know, and and to speak to someone without judging or without making you, you know, patronizing you and making you sound like you're crazy or the fear of like, you know, the SWAT team's gonna come and grab you. Like, right. you you don't have to feel that way. I I want you to express whoever it is. It can be the person at the bus stop, and you just want to express your feelings to this stranger because you know you're not gonna see them again. And you just tell them everything and just blurt it out, and then just feel better and just move forward. Right. I want you to let it out because when we hold these things in. And when we try to put a facade that we're okay, right. that's what leads to our detriment. And
1: you know what, Kay? Add into what you said, you know, um, about letting it out. So just add into that. You know, we have to recognize that mental health, ign- mental health issues exist, and we have to. We can't. We can't go on and, and ignore them any longer. Pretend that they don't exist. You know. So we have to acknowledge them, and we have to. Oh my goodness, I don't remember what I was gonna say. Oh. Yeah, you gotta cut that part out sis but um, <laughs> we have to understand that our mental health is very important our mind controls everything our mind controls what our body does our mind controls our day to day so please if you're having a mental health issue or think that you're having a mental health issue please get help so we're gonna list some resources below and and I want to leave an action step with you for all the busy mothers for all the busy fathers all the persons that are listening to this podcast if you're having an issue with a mental health or you're you're just struggling you're just struggling a little to cope try to find 10 minutes a day that's it 10 minutes a day where you can get some time to breathe and decompress from this busy crazy life that we're living and just this time to reflect and clear your mind like Camille was saying you know you might want to journal you might want to you might want to do yoga because, I mean, face it, they're, they're like 10-minute 10, 10 sessions of yoga, of meditation on YouTube. You guys could try that out. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that, that's what I'm challenging you to start with today. Just 10 minutes every day. You know, from that, you can work up. But start with 10 minutes every day. It will do wonders for your mental health.
0: Exactly. So I'm excited, I'm excited. Candice. If anybody wants to reach out to Candice, please let us know. Where we where can we find you on social media?
1: Okay, so on Instagram, I'm CandidLife. So that's Can underscore did life. And on YouTube, I'm Mommy Nutshell. So my YouTube channel and my Instagram, it's all surrounded with postpartum depression and, or I should say, maternal mental illnesses support. So I so I give you guys information about these issues. I, oh, can you cut that out, sis? <laughs> Let me start again. So, social media. You can find me at Candid Life, and that's at Instagram. So that's Can underscore Did Life. And on YouTube, I'm Mummy Nutshell. So over on my YouTube channel, I talk a lot about maternal mental illnesses, descriptions, symptoms, how to get help, and I also have a Facebook group that's called Life's Blossoms because, you know, it's important doing all these struggles that we have with mental illnesses to understand that it will get better and life does blossom so if there's any mother that's hearing this that's struggling with a mental illness please come over and find my facebook group i would love to have you oh
0: well i'm definitely gonna join oh and i'm really excited because
1: you know like we
0: stated earlier we do care about you guys we know how it is and anyone, even if you're not a mom and you're struggling with what you feel to be a mental dis- disability or mental illness, definitely, like Candace said, reach out and tell someone. Yeah. And you can follow me, Big Mouth Black Girl Podcast. You guys probably have seen a lot of my marketing. Because <laughs> <laughs> I stay with the marketing and the big mouth.
1: <laughs> oh my God. It's hard so, to believe that you're an introvert, girl. Like, man.
0: <laughs> I was a major introvert. That's crazy. I feel like once I, once I, I gr- once I grew wings I was like oh I'm out yep of
1: I'm sorry <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so um, you guys for real like hit me up on Big Mouth Black Girl Podcast um, of course I'm on Instagram I'm on Facebook I'm on YouTube again I'm on YouTube now so I want you guys to add Big Mouth Black Girl Podcast on YouTube because I am planning on expanding to YouTube and definitely moving forward to having some live podcast events or some panel discussions or just some overall fun. You know, I, I don't want it to always be super serious. I do want to take you guys around California to, like, museums and such and, and just show you different ways and methods of, like, the Black community that's, like, not privy to everyone around you. So I want to show you that experience. I want to give you guys the experience of great content. I want to thank you so much, Candace, for coming out to Big Mouth Black Girl Podcast, for taking some of your precious time, come on the podcast and definitely be open be honest and be transparent about your experiences with mental illness and your fight to help other women you know overcome it as well it's really really admirable thank
1: you camille it was absolute it was an absolute pleasure being here with you you know hearing your viewpoints because man you you definitely think deep girl (laughs) but thank you thank you for having me it was a pleasure and i just hope that somebody listens to this that it will help you know
0: thank you for well, having I, me it will definitely help and just it just makes us feel like you know we're together we're not alone and there's power in people who there is are transparent there honest, is
1: right? there is power in storytelling like the show that i was a part of just to wrap up but the show that i was a part of the, the this is my brave show pretty much mm-hmm. um the tagline was storytelling saves lives and it definitely what? does girl
0: and you know what? Going back to just real quick <laughs> to, <laughs> to pre colonialization, like, remember a lot of the mentorship and apprenticeship it started with telling stories. Like tribesmen would tell stories yeah. about yeah. about their previous kings yeah. and their pre- previous fathers that were there before them, their ancestors. And you know and it kinda I, gives mm-hmm. me it kinda gives me Sankofa vibes, you know? Mm-hmm. Sankofa, if anybody knows Sankofa is the African bird that um, Essentially, it takes its neck and it looks, it moves backward, but it's facing forward. And it's this whole perspective of we must acknowledge the past while also facing the future. Mm -hmm. And we need to, as a society, in the way we raise our children, don't be afraid to show your vulnerabilities to your children. Don't be afraid to say, you know what, mommy wasn't always the best mommy. And this is how I learned, and I'm sorry.
1: You know, yes. and I don't want
0: to be the best mommy because saying sorry and owning up to you not being the best parent either because out of omission you didn't know or because you were just angry and you, you were very selfish and right. you can own up to that, children will definitely respect you more for that.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Whew, it's beautiful. But, <laughs> <laughs> I love this episode. It just—it was. I think this was the most transparent episode that I've ever been in a long time since Counter Blessings K. Oh man. And I—I I really liked it, Candice. Thank you so much.
1: You're welcome, Camille. Thank you.
0: And um, I'll hope, to- guys, next uh, in the next few weeks. Oh, on, I'm gonna cut this. Out. <laughs> And just to let you guys know before we go, um, this is episode 11. So we only have three more episodes to go. And that will be a wrap for season one for Big Mouth Black Girl Podcast. I just want to say to all the listeners out there, thank you so much for being so patient with me. Thank you to all of my guest hosts that have seen me kind of like run around with my head cut off sometimes. <laughs> and like trying to navigate being a mommy and have a podcast and Going to school and working and trying to balance this thing called life as a single mom. I just want to say thank you for your patience and your understanding. Um, and then, more so to all the fans, thank you so much for sending me DMs and like encouragement and saying that you love Big Mouth Black Girl podcast and you listen. And I just want to say thank you so much. I am planning to expand it. And Big Mouth Black Girl podcast season two will start in January. So, yeah. <laughs> That's okay. Candace, I will talk to you soon,
1: love, and bye. Bye, sis. Bye, guys.